Entrepreneur on Fire 849. Design a life that you love and then build a business that allows you to support it. Inspiration defines EO Fire. Launching your podcast in 15 days defines freepodcastcourse.com. Ignite. Looking for detailed advice on making smart investments? Order the Understanding Investment Series with my special offer from The Great Courses. Visit thegreatcourses.com slash fire. That's thegreatcourses.com slash fire. LegalZoom provides the support you need to form your business. LegalZoom is not a law firm, but can connect you with an independent attorney. Visit LegalZoom.com and enter FIRE in the referral box at checkout for a special discount. Fire Nation, in the house, John Lee Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our feature guest today, Rachel Cook. Rachel, are you prepared to ignite? I'm on fire, John. Let's do it. (laughs) Rachel is a green smoothie enthusiast, restorative yoga advocate, and business strategist who wants to live in a world where heart-centered entrepreneurs have the mentorship and tools they need to bring their world-changing ideas to life. Rachel, I've given Fire Nation just a little insight. So share more about you personally, then expound upon the biz. Okay. My name is Rachel. I am a mom of three kids under the age of five. Whoa. And I've been running my business, theyogipreneur.com, for the past six years. Biggest fun fact is this year, I was actually at the point where I was able to let my husband quit his job after 10 years in the classroom so that he could come on board with me. So that's pretty amazing that I'm at the point where I can let my husband leave his job and come work with me in my business. So we've been helping yogi-hearted entrepreneurs learn the ins and outs of business from a more yogic perspective for the past six years reaching over 10,000 yogis around the world. And it's been absolutely an incredible journey. I mean, Rachel, how good did it feel to allow your hubby to stop the grind, just to be like, baby, I got you. I got this. Like, you don't have to do that anymore. It's pretty amazing, John, especially when for almost 10 years, I mean, teachers have one of the hardest jobs on the planet. And he was working in kind of an inner city type of Mm -hmm. school system. So he was leaving at like five in the morning, not coming back until late in the evening because he'd been there dealing with kids and families and school administration. So the relief and joy on his face made it so worth it. And I hear from my male counterparts all the time. They're always pumped when they get to say, yeah, my wife could quit her job. And I'm just excited because you don't really hear many women (laughs) saying, well, my husband quit his. (laughs) Oh, that is amazing. And I can just kind of see a lot of the the female listeners right now just kind of scheming right now. Like, what is it that I'm going to do that's going to make this happen? I love that just precedent that you're setting, Rachel. And it's really going to be a great theme throughout this entire interview. And the reality is, we're both kind of bursting with energy right now. You know, there's, there's a lot of happiness that's going on in this conversation, but I'm going to squash that right now. You know, oh, I'm going to take that. I'm going to pop that rainbow balloon that we've been blowing up here because it's not always amazing. We, we face massive struggles, massive obstacles in our journey, and I want our listeners to know that that's part of the game as well. So Rachel, take us to your worst entrepreneurial moment. Take us to that moment in time and tell us that story. This is actually the moment that 
kickstarted my entrepreneurial journey because I think like many people who are type A, overachievers, super ambitious, we are always told that we have to chase this version of success, right? So I finished my MBA and was recruited into one of the biggest financial planning companies in the U.S. to be a financial planner for small business owners and entrepreneurs. And I spent several years building up this really successful and very lucrative financial planning practice. But it got to the point for me where I was really young. I'm one of the probably youngest MBAs many people have ever met because I was 23 when I graduated with my MBA. So by 25, I had a lot more experience than most people my age. But I was getting frustrated and getting to the point of burnout. Like I said, I am married and we've been together since we were 18. So at 25, I was getting really annoyed and honestly, completely heartbroken that I was spending more time with these people I was surrounding myself with in this office for 80 hours a week than my new husband. And we're sitting there talking about, we want to start a family. We want to travel and see the world. Like there are all these dreams that we had for this life that we wanted to create together. And it wasn't happening. I was working all the time. And while I had money in the bank, I just felt so emotionally depleted. I didn't feel like I was living a rich life. I felt like I was living someone else's crazy life. So it really got to the point where, like I said, I was on the road to burnout. Well, burnout hit and it hit hard. I had adrenal fatigue. I started experiencing anxiety that literally had me afraid to get in my car and drive to work or to see my clients because I was having these panic attacks. So after... I got to the point where I was literally hitting this wall. I started looking up and looking at the people who were doing this type of work. And I realized that the people who were 10 or 20 years ahead of me were incredibly unhappy. They were incredibly unhealthy. They were eating at their desk, eating on the go. They were not spending time with their family. They were not spending time with friends. They had no life at all zero. And what basically they were doing was waiting for someday to appear for them to finally live the life that they wanted. They were basically renting away the best years of their life until that someday, until retirement or whatever it is. And there was never a point where anything was enough. It was, they were making great money. These were people who drove BMWs and had the nicest houses and all of, they had all the things but they were so unhappy. And I realized this is not the ladder that are the place that I want to lean my ladder against. This isn't what I want to do with my life. I don't want to be here. So I ended up um, after literally having 10 panic attacks in 10 weeks, I ended up on a yoga mat. I kind of pressed pause on my career and said, I've got to figure this out. I've got to figure out what do I really want? And I had to give myself permission to want what I wanted, which was to spend time with my husband, to have a family, and we wanted to start our family pretty soon, to live a really beautiful, rich life. And so it was getting on that yoga mat that was the first step for me. It allowed me to heal myself physically. It allowed me to heal myself in a natural way. I was able to get off any sort of anxiety medication and you know all the things that people want to put you on when you have burnout. And it kind of put me on this path of things started to happen that I didn't plan for. And the biggest thing was 
I realized while I was on my yoga mat and I was really focused on living this gorgeous life, people started coming into that life and saying, hey, you have all this business background. I'm sitting here running this yoga studio and I'm actually kind of struggling with it. I don't understand how I can build a community or how I can get more people in the door or what do I really need to be doing? And so just by taking care of myself and living this life that I wanted for myself, the right things started to happen. The right people started to come into my life. And I realized that what came easily to me, which is the business and the marketing and the strategy was actually not in the wheelhouse of most yoga teachers or studio owners or holistic healthcare entrepreneurs. So that's how the Yogipreneur ended up being born because they literally came to me and said, hey, we know you have this background. Could you help us out with this? So Rachel, there's a lot of things that I want to just touch upon here for Fire Nation because you brought up so many good points as you're going yeah. throughout this tough time in your life. You know, number one, I know there's a lot of listeners that are resonating with your story and they're saying, hey, that's me. Like, that's me right now. Like, I'm driving a BMW to work or, you know, or I'm just stuck in a job that I just, oh, it's killing me softly every single day. And, you know, there's a quote that I want you to think about, Fire Nation. You know, as you're climbing, whatever ladder it is, whatever career it is, whatever ladder you're climbing right now, think about the realities that when you get to the top, are you going to like the view? Because as Rachel, as you were saying, like you were looking at people that were close to the top of the ladder and were already there and they weren't liking the view. They weren't any happier than they were where you were still climbing that ladder from the bottom. And that's huge. So you have to look ahead, Fire Nation. See where people that are on the same path as you, but years ahead, like, are they happy? Because, and you said this, and I love this as well, you know, someday. And I love calling it someday aisle. You know, like we don't, we're not in denial. We're in someday aisle. Someday I'll take that trip to Fiji. You know, someday I'll go to Rome and see the Colosseum. You know, someday I'll, but, and again, another powerful phrase, you said, you're, you're renting the best days of your life away right now, Fire Nation. It's not fun to see the Colosseum in a walker. You know, it's fun to see it when you can run around and, and jump off, you know, some of the ruins if they let you touch them. I mean, that's when you want to see these things, you know, not, not you know, during, you know, the, the, the latter years of your life, during the best days of your life. That's when you want it. So there's so much we can talk about, Rachel, and so many value bombs you're dropping, but I want to shift now because I want to go to another story in your journey. And this story is going to be your aha moment, an epiphany that you've had, a light bulb that went on. And you've had a bunch, Rachel, but take us to one. Tell us one story of that light bulb moment that you think will really impact Fire Nation. Mm, Okay. I love this because as I've been growing this business, like I said, I've got three small children under the age of five. In fact, my twins are about to turn five Uh in a few weeks. And I have my youngest who's about to be two soon. So it's been a busy time having little ones while I'm growing this business. And what's complicated that whole situation is both of my pregnancies were extremely high risk, as in I was on bed rest for the majority of them. Um, I actually had a home health care aide come in to give me what's called a Zofran pump because I had a condition called hyperemesis, which is like the worst morning sickness on the planet that's 24-7 for months on end. Wow. So I think most women at that point are just like, okay, I I have to give up. (laughs) I can't do this. I can't build a business when I have really the odds are stacked against me. There's too much going on. And what I realized really quickly was for me, I didn't have that option. My husband was a teacher. (laughs) 
living off a teaching salary is very difficult. Just a single salary for a teacher is about $40,000 a year. Um, And you can't raise kids on that. You can't live very easily on that. So it wasn't an option for me just to be like, oh, I'll just put this on pause for a while and come back to it. Like the mommy track wasn't an option. I had to make it work. And for me, the best way I made it work was I stopped making it so hard. I stopped complicating everything. And I think this is something that a lot of people, especially people starting online businesses, which is the business model I follow. I have an online teaching and coaching business. And I think a lot of people starting these businesses are so inundated with all the things that they think they have to do. So they think they have to do all the social media and all the podcasting and all the blog posting and all the interviews and all the this and this and this and this. And then they have to create all these other programs and do all these types of things. It's so overwhelming and it's so incredibly taxing. It's paralyzing. It's paralyzing. And really at the end of the day, It's hard to get momentum if you're just pushing one thing here and then turning around and pushing one thing here. Like you just can't grow. So what I did was I uncomplicated. I focused on one strategy, which was literally to write a newsletter every single week. And then I only focused on one other strategy, which was my core program, filling that and running it and then filling it again and then running it again. I didn't create a million other things. I didn't focus on trying to add more to the mix. I had one thing that I was focused on. And so those periods where I was sick, I was still able to grow my business and I was still able to take care of my family. And it all comes down to uncomplicating and just being able to focus on one thing at a time And then know that you can add on to that later. But if you have one solid thing that people know you for, they come to trust you. And that's the other piece of this for me was I saw a lot of people, especially people who consider themselves heart-centered, they're a little bit more intuitive, a little bit more like woo-woo, free-flowing. And what they're not known for is being consistent. And I was consistent. It was like Thursdays on eight o'clock in the morning, you're going to get a newsletter from me. You're going to hear from me. (laughs) And I figured out a way to make that happen. And so over and over again, I would hear from these people. They're like, I don't know how you produce so much stuff. And I'm like, I just keep at it. This is it. This is the plan. We're working the plan. And it makes such a huge, huge difference. There's so many value bombs in here. Again, Rachel, I kind of want to talk about a couple things. But first, do you know what my favorite acronym in the world for the word focus is? I've heard it, but I'll let you say it again. No, I'm going to let you say it if you know it. <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot, girl. Oh, darn. Give it I your best. I'm off the top of my head now. Dang it. Uh-huh. So you tried to get away with that. I wouldn't let you. Follow, I'll let you say it, John. I'll let you say it. <laughs> Follow one course until success. And that's what you did. And your, your course was one newsletter every Thursday. And you're right, you were in a world that wasn't that consistent, you know? That just this just wasn't their their focus of being consistent. And that's exactly what stood Entrepreneur on Fire apart, Rachel. Nobody was willing to do a daily show to maintain that consistency. You know, and most people would do like, you know, a once every so often show. Like you never knew when that next show was coming out. And for you, you built up a loyal audience with that consistency. You built up a fan base that grew to new, know, like, and trust that you were going to deliver valuable content when you said you were. And that, Fire Nation, is how you build your tribe by going one inch wide and one mile deep. You know, 
Rachel was not trying to go one mile wide and one inch deep on a million different things. She dominated one area, made that her cornerstone, her foundation, and she built a thriving business off of it. So what is going to be your one thing? And Rachel, we're moving into the 60 second questions and I challenge my guests. So I'm challenging you to keep it at 60 seconds or less. Ideally, what do you do in the first 60 minutes of your day? Ooh, the first 60 minutes of my day are actually the most laid back time in my entire day. And that's because, especially with little children, I hear from a lot of moms, whether you have a business or you're just a working mom or you're a stay-at-home mom, those first 60 minutes trying to get everybody going can be some of the most stressful, tear your hair out (laughs) times in your family, right? Well, what I realized really quickly was it didn't have to be that way we could design our mornings to be simple. And so one of the biggest things I do is first, I make sure I wake up a half hour before my children. So I have a half hour to take care of myself, to do whatever I need to do. And for me, that's usually a little bit of meditation, a little bit of personal care stuff, and really just give myself a little bit of time to wake up. And then when my kids are up, we keep it so simple, John. Like we know that every morning everyone's having oatmeal and I'm having my bulletproof coffee. And then when it's time to go out the door, their book bags are packed yesterday. (laughs) So there's no stress. There's like no thing to worry about. There's no like somebody turning the car around saying, mom, I forgot my folder. Like it's done. We have it. So I think that's the biggest thing I do is just uncomplicate it, give myself space, get up before the kids so that I have some time for myself. And Rachel, this is your ideal morning. And that's why I love this question. So that was beautiful. And what I want you to really pull out of this Fire Nation is that she's setting up schedules and plans. So she's not just having to recreate the wheel every single morning. Like, okay, what do I have to do today? No, the plans are in place. And Rachel, what is your biggest strength as an entrepreneur? My biggest strength is uncomplicating things. It's really easy to overcomplicate pretty much everything in your business, in your life. It's really easy to overcomplicate your marketing strategy. It's easy to overcomplicate your launches. It's easy to overcomplicate your programs and your services. What I'm really good at is stripping things down to Zen-like simplicity and making it as easy as possible to take consistent, inspired action. Kiss, Fire Nation. Keep it super simple. Rachel, what's your biggest weakness? My biggest weakness is saying no. There's a quote by Derek Sivers that I've adopted, by the way, for 2015. If it's not a heck yes, it's a no. If you're not fired up about a Fire Nation, then it needs to be a no. And that's not always, and that's not always at the beginning of your journey. Like I said yes to a lot of things, getting my business off the ground that I would never say yes to now. And that's what you do when you put in the time and the effort. But when you've reached a certain level, you know, like Rachel has, things need to take priority and and, and you need to start saying no, girl. You need to start saying yeah. no. I have to tell you, in the last year, we grew my business dramatically in the last year and I was just getting off the phone with a girlfriend and I said, I feel like I went through like P90X of saying no in the last quarter <laughs> of last year. All I was saying to people was like, thank you, but no. <laughs> yeah, there's always another telesummit, believe me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rachel, what is the one habit that you wish you had? The one habit I wish I had would probably be the desire to get up and do like a vigorous workout. Yeah. But 
I'm, I'm a restorative yogi, which is basically yoga where you're taking a nap. <laughs> it's the best thing ever. I used to be a power yogi um, before I had children. And it's funny, all of the ambitious type A traits of myself really were in play when I was really into power yoga and being like the best at yoga, the winning at the yoga was the, kind of the focus. But now that I'm a mom and I need that kind of relaxation time and me space, I just kind of want to sit there and be supported. (laughs) Love it. What is the one thing, Rachel, of all the things that you have going on right now that has you most fired up? It's actually my Fired Up and Focus Challenge. Ooh, uh, fitting. Yeah, exactly. I run a challenge that I kicked off last year, and I run it several times a year, called the Fired Up and Focus Challenge. And essentially, it's a productivity and CEO mindset challenge. But really what it does is allow people to understand how they can use mindfulness as a practice in their business to create more ease and less stress. Love this, Rachel. Love the branding of it. And we are not going to let you go because we're about to enter the lightning round. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. One of the biggest struggles we come across as entrepreneurs is being able to find the personalized attention we need when it comes to making sure our family and our business are legally taken care of so that we can focus our attention on actually helping our business grow. Protecting your family starts with creating a will or living trust. There's no easier way to make sure your family is legally taken care of. And ensuring your business is taken care of starts with taking control of your financial affairs. LegalZoom can help you with both. Proven by the more than 10 years they've been helping millions of people get the personalized attention they need. And if you'd like more help, they can connect you with an independent attorney in most states, but they're not a law firm. This month, you can save even more by entering FIRE in the referral box at checkout. Don't let another year pass you by before getting your life organized. For legal help you can count on for your family or small business, go to LegalZoom.com, promo code FIRE. Having a strong grasp on your finances can be just as key to your future as building a successful business. That's why I recommend watching the Great Courses series on understanding investments taught by Connell Fullenkamp, professor at Duke University. This course is a one-stop source for learning about investments for both novice and experienced investors. It covers everything from mutual funds to startups. The Great Courses has over 500 courses on a variety of subjects, including entrepreneurship, history, science, and more. You can watch or listen to the great courses with online downloads, streaming via their apps, or you can order their DVDs and CDs. For a limited time, The Great Courses has a special offer for you, Fire Nation. Order from eight of their best-selling courses, including understanding investments at up to 80% off the original price. But this offer is only available for a limited time, so hurry. To order understanding investments with my special offer from The Great Courses, you must go to thegreatcourses.com slash fire. Rachel, welcome to the lightning rounds where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? I'll do my best. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? The biggest thing holding me back was the fact that my dad is an entrepreneur and very successful at what he does. And I'm nothing like him. He's very outgoing and very charming. Like he's one of those guys who 
just can charm the pants off anybody. And I'm very introverted. I was very much a bookworm growing up. So I always equated being an entrepreneur with somebody who had to be like really good with working a room and, you know, always being on. I realized pretty quickly that I could just be me and find a business that fit my personality. And that's what I've been able to do. What is the best advice you've ever received? Listen to your intuition. She's your best business advisor. Share one of your personal habits that you do have, Rachel, that you believe contribute to your success. Single touching, single-minded focus. I do not multitask anymore. It was a hard habit to break, but I now am able to sit down and get into action really quickly without a lot of distractions. And what's really interesting too is that word multitask is like so misused. It's impossible for even computers to multitask, let alone humans. Like whenever we're doing something, we think we're doing two things at once. We're really skipping back and forth, giving very limited, you know, not focus of what we need to either or. So do you have an internet resource, Rachel, like Evernote that you can share with our listeners? My favorite one would be Simplero.com, which is an all-in-one marketing platform specifically designed for online teaching and coaching businesses. I moved to it about 18 months ago, and it has completely changed my business. Love that. If you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? Mm, The Desire Map by Danielle Laporte. And the biggest reason for that is, like I've said before, I... I'm naturally a very type A, ambitious, overachiever type of person, which means traditional goal setting was really easy for me. If I set a goal, I was going to crush it and I was going to get whatever the thing was that I wanted. But often the thing that I wanted wasn't going to actually give me fulfillment. It wasn't actually what I needed. So the desire map um, kind of took the practice I'd created for myself a level deeper because it gave me permission to really tune in to what I want, what I want to experience. Well, Fire Nation, I know that you love audio, so I teamed up with Audible. And if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook for free at eofirebook.com. And Rachel, this next question's the last of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Mm, This question is so hard because honestly, (laughs) John, the first thing I would do is cry that my kids aren't with me. Because they're literally a part of me. Of course, I so hear you. So if, if I woke up and like that part of my brain was erased, you know, honestly, I would probably take my journal, like an actual pen and paper journal, and just observe, just listen. I would find my people. I would explore the world around me. And maybe in the last little bit, I'd start writing about it and start seeing how I could serve people serve people, build relationships, and just be present, Fire Nation. You know, a lot of things within that. And Rachel, you're all about the fire brands. I love it. And you've been (laughs) on fire today. And thank you for that. But I want to end on fire. So give us this killer parting piece of guidance. Then share the best way that we can connect with you. Then we'll say goodbye. Okay. My biggest piece of advice would be 
to design a life that you love and then build a business that allows you to support it. And where you can find me is two places, either at theyogipreneur.com where I teach yogis the ins and outs of heart-centered online business, or more recently, you can follow me over onto rachelcook.com where I'll be sharing a little bit more personal insights about my own journey exploring this world of, you know, creating a business and a life I love. Well, Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And you have been hanging out with Rachel and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Rachel. R-A-C-H-A-E-L in the search bar. Her show notes page will pop right up with links to everything that we've talked about today and oh so much more. Rachel, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. And for that girl, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, John. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for joining me today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head over to eofire.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Also, if you're an entrepreneur who's prepared to ignite, visit thefirepath.com where your passion and our guidance unite. See you there.